Hey, it's Michelle Siraki with Pitbull Advocates of America, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that this inspires you and challenges you, and I hope that it equips you to attach action to your advocacy. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Pitbull Advocates of America, the podcast. This is the one with Ruyori, part two, and I am Michelle Sraki with Pitbull Advocates of America. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I hope that you're really enjoying our podcast. I can't even believe that we're already on the sixth episode. Today is the second half of our interview with Rue Yori, and we talked last time about his dogs Wallace and Hector, and today we're going to talk all about being on American Ninja Warrior and what that's like and how he became the canine ninja. So I hope you have a lot of fun listening to this episode and continue to Tell your friends and have them head over and start listening to our podcast also. So enjoy. I would love to hear about how this whole American Ninja Warrior thing started and where it has obviously evolved to. And then if you don't mind even, and I know that a lot of things in your life just kind of fall into place and then snowball in crazy and awesome ways. But I assume you've got a little bit of a plan this time. So take us there. (laughs) No. (laughs) She's like, there's no plan. There's never been a plan. There's no plan. plan. And as soon as we make a plan, something's going to throw a bomb into it. And then it's going to be a different plan anyway. Pretty much. Right? Yeah. It's nice when we get to a point in life, though, of maturity where we're like, eh, all right. I know that this isn't going to exactly go the way that I thought. It might go better. It might go worse. You know what I mean? Like, there's some peace in that. Yeah, I'm definitely taking, you know, what I learned with Wallace and Hector and trying to apply it here. But it's a little bit different of a situation. And maybe we can get into that. I think uh, American Ninja War is a little bit different because I don't control a lot of it. So I have very little control over what happens on the show. I try to give myself the best chance to do well on the course. Right. Um, but I don't know what the course is going to be, you know. Right. So yeah. It's a little bit of a different situation. I'm kind of just trying to ride the wave as best I can for as long as I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you're doing a great job so far. So, yeah. so far, yeah, so good. Definitely better than expected. I'll say that. So, how did this start? I yes. have no oh, idea how uh, this started it, for you. Yeah. So it was actually, I think that final year of uh, when Wallace was kind of going through the cancer treatments and all that kind of stuff. I saw this TV show on on TV called American Ninja Warrior and it was just the craziest obstacles that people could do and I've always been an athlete. I've always loved obstacle courses and I just saw it and I was like that looks like a lot of fun. It'd be really cool to be able to do that and but you know just kind of seeing it and it's like I wonder how you do that. You know it's a TV show so you have to apply and I was like, well, maybe I should do some training. And, you know, I kind of got into it a little bit. But then, you know, we also sick and we were kind of focused on that. And I actually started to train for American Ninja Warrior. I went to the gym. I set up a little mini course. Like I had to put a box in front of a pull-up bar 
And then um, you do what's called a lache. So it's where you swing and you fling yourself from one pull-up bar through the air and catch yourself on another one. So I was going to lache from pull-up bar to pull-up bar. And then I had a rope that went up to the rafters and I was going to climb the rope. And I did that and it went really well twice. And then I was like, one more time, famous last words, launched myself off the box Grabbed on the pull-up bar, my hand slipped off of the pull-up bar. I went upside down, landed on my head. Oh and my completely gosh. unconscious. We did not have mats down. That was a hard lesson learned. So uh, I was out completely unconscious, unresponsive. Fortunately, there were other people in the gym that oh could call 911. And um, I remember one team of paramedics, but I don't remember. There was firefighters, uh, police officers. There were actually two paramedic teams. I was up and talking with people eventually, but I still don't remember probably about 45 minutes of my life around there. Uh, I was kind of a shaker. And it took me about a year to actually get back to fight through some post-concussive symptoms. I get dizzy really easily. It was a challenge during that time that we were kind of doing the whole Wallace thing. So it kind of took my mind off of it that I couldn't be in the gym and working out and that kind of stuff. I was focused on Wallace. But at the same time, you know, it was was a struggle on my end just to try to see if I'd be able to get back to normal, you know, quote unquote normal. (laughs) But fortunately, I was able to. And then Wallace had passed away. Unfortunately, Hector got sick as well. His past life caught up with him and he passed away really early. That was really sad for us, actually. Um, We thought we'd have more time with him. Wallace was always kind of troubled child as far as health wise, you know, so I never really expected him to be this super long living dog. But Hector was pretty hardy, we thought. And, um, you know, so we kind of felt a little bit robbed on that one. But both of them passed away relatively uh, in short time from each other. And then it was kind of hard on my end. Like I said before, you know, I was trying to have Wallace and Hector prove themselves through their actions. And I was trying to provide the platform for them to do that. So when they're not around anymore, uh, what do I do? (laughs) How how do I do that? You know, I can't make any more Frisbee videos with Wallace or I can't make bucket list items. You know, I can't show Hector meeting people and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's like, what do I do? You know, I I struggled with that for quite a while. I created Wallace the Pitbull Foundation, you know, out of that just to try to keep stories going and try to continue to make an impact for the dogs that are still out there. But I didn't feel like I was having the same impact and kind of circle back to American Ninja Warrior. And I saw this TV show. It was becoming very popular. It had nothing to do with dogs. whatsoever. But, you know, I noticed that they would highlight the, the stories of some of the athletes. And I didn't really see a ton of dog stories on there, actually. Right. Like, saw one here and there but it you know it was just a cool dog but it wasn't like anybody really was super invested in the rescue dog cause or anything like that and I was like you know they're always looking for stories it's a tv show that could be an angle that they could be interested in and this could be a really unique opportunity to reach millions of people that are completely outside of the circles of you know the typical dog rescue or even pit bull advocate community, if you Absolutely, will. Absolutely, yeah. And so I, I went for it, and I was like, "Well, you know, here we go. I'm not getting any younger, and I'm putting my application in." I was fortunate enough to get called. It's pretty rare, actually, to get 
a call, especially on your first application. There's, I think they had 40 or 50,000 applications oh, that nice. year. Yeah, and they had five regions, so they only take about 500 people. So it's a very low percentage of people actually get picked for the show. And then there's actually no guarantee that you're going to get shown on the show because they don't have time to show everybody. So I was like, all right, I got first thing down. I actually got picked. I was doing whatever training I, I could. Went to Indianapolis. So that was season eight. That was in 2016 for the Indianapolis qualifier. Fortunately, I hit my first buzzer <laughs> yeah. on the qualifier course. And they f- did a full feature of me. They did a full feature of Wallace, Hector, my full course run. I had a shirt that had adopt a dog on it yes. with Wallace's graphic right there. Because you can't have any logos or hashtags or websites or anything like that you know they don't have any they don't allow for that kind of thing because it's advertising dollars right and so i was like well what do i want i'm like well i want people to adopt a dog so that's what i'm going to just put on my shirt (laughs) in in as big of letters as i possibly can and make sure it's very visible and i'm going to try to do as best i can out here and I remember that. I remember just being so excited about it. And, you know, like when it aired and we saw you and we saw the story and then we saw you hit the buzzer. And I just remember being like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to keep secret between filming and when it airs because there's like a few months in there and they sent the film crew to my house. And, you know, if they're going to do that, you're pretty sure you're going to get shown. And I knew what happened. I was so excited. I was just gonna wait for this to come and to air and I was very happy that I was able to dig down and and complete that course and actually make it to Vegas so they featured me twice that season uh, not just in the qualifier course but also in the city finals course Uh, unfortunately I fell on stage one in Vegas but I wasn't really expecting to go to Vegas to be completely honest but uh, it was it was awesome. It was a really good time. And again, a really cool opportunity just to get in front of people that might not typically even think about adopting a dog. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't even think about shelters when they're considering getting a dog for their family. And so to be able to share that message in front of millions of people and also share Wallace and Hector's story and, you know, kind of highlight that pit bulls are dogs too. And, you know, they're cool dogs as well. And you should consider them as well. It was really cool. And I've been fortunate enough to be chosen every season since. Uh, So last year was my fourth season. This year is a little different. Uh, You know, they had to postpone things. We're still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen there. It's been a been a wild ride, and I am just trying to ride that wave as long as I possibly can. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, hopefully with American Ninja Warrior, like they could make it. I mean, there wouldn't be able to be a big crowd that they have there cheering you guys on and stuff, but maybe it would still be able to be filmed. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. I didn't even think about that affecting it. And luckily you guys don't have a season per se, I guess, but you have to be in in places where it's not winter. Yeah. So actually just uh, last year they did the first time they actually filmed inside and they did that as a pilot and it was amazing. I actually went out to that filming just to go, just to check it out. And it was awesome. It was during the day because a lot of people don't know that American Ninja Warriors filmed through the night. And when I mean through the night, I mean through the night, like they start when the sun goes down and they stop when the sun comes up. And so, you know, we're running anywhere between 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. The next wow. morning, you know, I, I ran 
all of my runs have been probably around between one and three in the morning. Yeah. So you're up all night. So you're dealing with that. And your kind of schedule is off and a lot of that kind of stuff. That I don't think people realize you're, you're dealing with as well. But the, the first year, my second night, because they filmed back to back. So the, the city qualifier yeah. is the first night. And if you advance past the qualifier, then the next night is the city finals. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I was so excited that I actually hit a buzzer and I knew that I was going on that I couldn't sleep the next day because you're, you know, yeah. once filming's done, then the sun's coming up, but you're trying to go back to your hotel room to get some sleep. And every time I closed my eyes, all I saw was the course and me hitting the buzzer. Right, <laughs> right. So excited. I could not sleep. Oh, you got Henry barking. Henry's okay. excited. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I could not sleep like during the day. And then yeah, I couldn't sleep during the day. And we have to stay up again the next night. And so I was struggling a little bit, not going to lie. I was in the on-deck circle ready to go, and I kind of hit a wall. And I was like, just had to kind of suck it up. I was like, you need to get yourself together, Rue, because this is a good opportunity that you need to take advantage of. And so I kind of sure. rallied myself and kind of slapped myself upside the head a couple times to wake myself up. And I uh, was able to do just good enough to make it to Vegas. So. Yeah. So when was the move from the adopted dog to the canine ninja warrior, the canine ninja? So uh, it was kind of simultaneous. So okay. um, like I said, with the t-shirts and stuff, we couldn't have any websites. So I just wanted to spread a message. I was like, what do I want people to do? I want people to adopt a dog instead right. of buying a dog. So I was like, I'm just going to put that on my chest. And then the guys I was training with, they're like, you know, a lot of the ninjas have nicknames. And like, so what's your nickname going to be? And I was like, I don't know. So they, they even thought Pitbull Ninja, you know, because of Wallace and Victor. And I was considering that, but I was like, I'm not just a Pitbull guy, you know, right. I have dogs and I wanted to kind of help bridge that gap too, you know? And so I was like, nobody's a canine ninja yet. And that, you know, is super cool sounding Absolutely. Uh, great general that encompasses a lot of things so it doesn't necessarily pigeonhole me and you know hopefully I can continue to bridge that gap as well and so I went into season eight as canine ninja wearing okay. a shirt that said adopt a dog and ran with the story and producers loved it people loved it and uh it's been been that way ever since very cool very cool you do a huge fundraiser now. You are an exceptional businessman, obviously. And so you've incorporated this fundraiser with American Ninja Warrior to raise money to help homeless dogs. So tell us a little bit about that. I went through the, the first year was awesome. I didn't really know what to expect and it went really well. And then, you know, I applied the second year. Unfortunately, the second year didn't go as great. I fell. I didn't get shown on the show at all. It was like I wasn't even there, but that happens, you know. Right. Um, that's just kind of part of it. Then the third year, I was like, I want this to be more than just me doing obstacles. Like, I'm like, how can I actually make this have a bigger impact like I really appreciated the impact that I had as far as exposure and awareness through the show but I was like awareness and exposure is great but yes. still at the same time you know I know that limiting resource a lot of cases is money 
you know, mm-hmm. right. I'm like, I don't know how much I'll be able to raise, but how can I figure out a way to use this platform to raise money for Wall Spitball Foundation that we can then help and support other organizations and programs that are, you know, still on the front lines doing yeah. the good work within their communities. And I struggled with that. I was, probably would have done something the second year if I had thought of a way to do it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I didn't because it's hard not knowing if you're going to be shown. You know, I can do this fundraiser, but how do I work it? How do I make it engaging for people that are going to watch the show or be following me and what I want to do? How do I make that engaging or how do I make that happen when I don't even know if I'm going to be on the show, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, give me money. Why? Oh, because I'm going to do cool obstacles and I like dogs. You know, it's like, there's yeah. got to be something more to that than, you know, it needs to engage people. It needs to be fun for them in my mind too. And so finally it clicked. It's like, kind of went back to the old pledgeathon days of yes. elementary school, right? And so yeah. I did a quick Google search and I saw that there were online sites that did this to where I could post a link and people could actually pledge per obstacle that I could right. completed yeah. you know, on the show. And so I was like, that could be fun. You know, that could be really cool. It could give me motivation to mm-hmm. do what I need to do to try and complete as many obstacles on the course, you know, because I'm thinking like I need to complete this because if I don't, then it's less money for the dogs, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if I complete it, it's kind of motivation for me to, to train and, you know, follow through with what I need to do on the show. And then I think it's fun for people to, you know, pledge so much money for obstacle. And then I can usually provide some type of proof that even if I'm not showing, (laughs) this is where I fell. So I'm like, I can do that. Um, Fortunately, I've actually been shown on the show ever since. So I haven't actually had to do that yet. It's been like pretty obvious that, yep, that's where I fell. (laughs) (laughs) And that was that. But yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, first year went really well. We raised 8000 bucks. about. Last year went really well. I raised 20000 on my end, and then they actually featured me as part of a special episode. Yes. And they surprised me with uh, Secret Life of Pets 2, surprised me with another $20,000. So we actually raised forty grand last year. That was, was crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, I loved it. I loved it. And I was so excited because I was like, oh, I know Rue had something to do with them doing this dog special. Like, I, I know that I if there wasn't a canine ninja, they probably wouldn't have done that, though. Stop it. Oh, no. I actually think that I got lucky on that one because <laughs> I was actually wondering. I was like, I hope I get picked because the first year I did really good. Second year I didn't. Third year I did okay. And I'm like, God dang it, I'm better than this. I can do better than this. And I'm like, I hope that they're going to keep picking me because I'm not performing as well as I can. And they actually called me early last season. And I thought that that was going to be a bad sign because they shouldn't be calling me this early for this episode. And then they explained what was going on. And I think I happened to just be kind of lucky in that one because that was just a deal that they were making as kind of a co-promotion between American Ninja Warrior and Secret Life of Pets 2. American Ninja Warrior is very popular with the kids. Mm -hmm. And so obviously Secret Life of Pets 2 and all those animated movies are very popular with the kids. So it was a really good, really good collaboration there. And I happened to be the kind of the canine ninja. And so they called me specifically for that episode. And I was like, oh, shoot. I'm like, I got some pressure on me now because, A, I wanted to perform just for myself. Right. right. But then also I'm like, 
they're specifically calling me down here for this episode. I'm like, I know it's going to be guaranteed airtime. I know they're going to feature me pretty much. So it's like, I need to do well. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so much pressure. Yeah. Fortunately I did. So I was able to hit hit that buzzer for the second time, which was amazing. (laughs) I had no idea about the $20,000. No clue. That was a complete surprise. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I think that would have even added more pressure to me. Um, It was nice to knowing that I was going to probably be be featured. So then I was like, I could really focus on that fundraiser and really drive those numbers up on my end. And then for them to to do that on their end was was amazing. I was trying, I wasn't expecting to do another $40,000 this year. I was going to try to shoot for it, but who knows. But then obviously the pandemic hit and, you know, that's kind of throwing that one uh, big old curveball, but, you know, we'll see what we can do when the time comes. So, yeah. Well, that is really exciting. And what a fun story number one and just the fact of how things fall into place you know just are amazing too you know I hope that they're going to be able to go forward with it at some point here pretty soon world is is an odd place right now so yeah it's it's definitely interesting you know I know they are trying they're doing what they can you know I'm sure it's not gonna go away so I'm just kind of trying to do what I can to stay ready and be ready when that time comes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Well, I remember seeing something on social media where you were really excited to finally be back in the gym. They finally opened up the gyms by you. So you were able to at least get in there. So that's cool. Well, we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up now, Ruth. So where can people go to donate if they're interested in donating to just follow you to find out what you're doing? Where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Go to wallacepitbullfoundation.org. That is the foundation website. That's where you can get Wallace's book. There should be information in there, both about Wallace and Hector how to donate to the Ninja for Dogs fundraiser and all kinds of stuff. And then I'm all over uh, social media, the standard ones, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter a little bit, uh, okay. but uh, under Rue Yori. So if you just uh, go R-O-O-Y-O-R-I at Facebook or Instagram, you'll find me there and follow me and keep up with what I'm doing. We'd love to have you along for the ride. Absolutely. We'll put links for that in the description as well. So if you're going to be able to find what Rue is talking about and where to go in the links. And we're just so glad. Thank you so much for taking the time out again for us. We really appreciate it. We just appreciate all your time and all that you're doing for dogs perceived as pit bulls and all that you're doing for rescue dogs in general. I love you and I'm so happy to know you and I appreciate you so very much. Yeah. Likewise. I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to you know, come on and, and share the stories and keep Wallace and Hector's story going because, you know, it was a while back, to be honest. And uh, there's a lot of great accounts out there these days that are yeah. you know, probably more in front of people's eyes, which I think is amazing. It's always great also to kind of remind people that what Wallace and Hector did back in the day. And I kind of see Wallace as almost like the Jackie Robinson of, of the yes. big world, if you will. You know, he was kind of the first breakthrough type of thing. And so he's a pioneer. Uh, was, Absolutely. Yeah. He was a total pioneer. <laughs> yeah. For always, sure. Always, yeah, I always appreciate the opportunity to to share his story and talk about him. Oh, well, we are honored to have that story on our podcast. So give all your dogs hugs and kisses from us. You guys have a really great night. Thank you again for your time. I appreciate it so yeah. much. Yeah, good luck with uh, all the stuff you're doing. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay, bye. 
I had such a blast talking with Rue Yori about Wallace and Hector and American Ninja Warrior. And I hope that you all have really enjoyed the last two episodes of our podcast as much as I did recording it. Again, don't forget, this is the no judgment zone. That was my very first interview that I've ever done. So I have no doubt that they're going to get better than that. I just appreciate all of you for listening and for subscribing. Wallace and Hector were such amazing advocates thanks to Rue and Clara Yori. So I just, I'm so appreciative of Rue for taking the time out and being on our little podcast, our little Pitbull Advocates of America podcast. So we hope that you keep on tuning in. The next episode is going to be a really interesting episode. It's the one with the perfect villain. So we will talk to you more next time. God's best. I want to thank you for joining us today. I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends and family. Click the share button on the app or take a screenshot and put it on your social media. Please consider taking the next step in advocacy, you guys, by visiting the website at pitbulladvocates.org. Order a bumper sticker, start a campaign in your area, or just ask us for help. I want to thank all of you who give financially to keep our mission moving forward. You can give now by simply texting PBAOA to 44321. We always appreciate your generosity. Oh, and don't forget to click subscribe. Apparently that's a really important part of this whole podcasting thing. Thank you all for being part of the solution and God bless you.